0: Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Making Disciples. My name is Chris and I am your host. Um, It's so lovely to have this time with you. I hope you're doing all right. I hope that life is treating you well. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the last few weeks' episodes on Making Disciples as we are exploring Uh, The Sermon on the Mount. You know, if we want to make Jesus a blueprint of our lives, then we've got to go back to Jesus' teaching and and see what he has to say to us. um, Say to us about how to live our lives. Um, So we're going to carry on doing that, if that's all right. With you, we're going to look at the next little bit of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapter 5, verses 27. It's a fun topic today. It's all about adultery. That's exciting, isn't it? all about adultery. So we're going to be exploring that topic. I hope I've got some stuff to say in it that you may find really helpful. Now, next week's episode is going to be an interview. And I won't say too much, but I'm super excited. Uh, I want to introduce you to somebody who runs a church from a wrestling ring. And, uh, you know, Jesus tells us to go out and make disciples of all nations. You know, all nations isn't just uh, to do with, you know, all tribes and all peoples. It's it's literally everybody who has diff- who is different to you. And I don't know if you're into wrestling or not. It's not. I have a little experience with wrestling, but it's certainly not something I'm known for. Um, Yeah, I've met somebody who does church from a wrestling ring. And I thought, wow, that'd be great. I want to talk to him a little bit more about that. So I am super excited to introduce you next week to Wrestling Church. So uh, do get ready for that. But today, 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 we're going to be looking at this Matthew 5 on adultery and not committing adultery. And it's one of those passages where, yes, it's all about adultery, whilst at the same time, it's all about something else. So I hope you find this really helpful. Uh, somebody messaged me in the week, having listened listened to uh, the episode from last week on murder, and uh, they just made a comment that when they started listening to the episode, they thought, this has got nothing to do with me, I ain't going to commit murder, and then realized that they commit murder every day in the way that they talk about a work colleague and the way that they slander them over the... Uh, the coffee counter at work. It was a really great, you know, sometimes the Bible feels like it's talking about something that's got nothing to do with me, and then we realise it's got everything to do with me. So I hope today's episode on adultery doesn't just connect with a small group, but connects with all of us. So let's jump in, shall we, as we explore this topic about adultery. so let's talk about the things that we don't want to talk about and that's exactly what the sermon on the mount is actually about the sermon on the mount is jesus talking about all the things that we just don't want to talk about he talks about murder talks about adultery he talks about divorce. He talks about making your yes, your yes, you know, your no. He talks about enemies and the people that we hate. He talks about the homeless and the hungry. It talks about prayer. It talks about persistence in prayer. It talks about the narrow gates and wide gates and how easy it is to go down some routes when actually we're called to go down narrower ways. Jesus covers all the things we don't want to talk about in the Sermon on the Mount. So the Sermon on the Mount is actually about what's really going on inside of us the sermon on the mount is about unpacking what is actually happening in our hearts what's really going on so the sermon on the mount friends is jesus setting us up with you could say a deeper real way of seeing what's really going on he's peeling away the surface to get to what's actually happening underneath Uh, we can focus on surface, surface things can't we we can focus on the veneer and the way something looks but the way something looks isn't necessarily what's really happening underneath you buy yourself a a car and it might look absolutely beautiful on the outside it's nicely polished it's shiny looks like there's no scratches but then when you look at the engine it's absolutely burnt out somebody has done the miles in this car it just looks better than it actually is and we focus on these surface things, how things look. And we never actually deal with the real deep issues underneath. And that's what Jesus is doing on the Sermon on the Mount. He's taking us to murder, and now he's taking us to adultery. Wow, Jesus. I mean, think about it, friends. Like We are only verses into the Sermon on the Mount. This goes on for a number of chapters, yet we're only verses in, and Jesus is already taking us to adultery adultery. You see, there were religious people who never technically broke the law, but their hearts were a mess. Let me just say that again. There were these religious people who never technically broke the law, but their hearts were an utter mess. They didn't technically murder anybody, but they had gone around slanderously talking about someone committing character assassination. So did technically commit murder, but were actually riddled uh, with corruption of the heart. You look great on the outside, but everything on the inside is a mess. So, Matthew 5, 27 says this. You have heard it said, do not commit adultery. Now, adultery is a problem. It is a problem. You know, God designed us to be in a loving, long-term relationships, where we are committed. I did a marriage just yesterday, this amazing uh, young couple, and uh, she stands there in a beautiful white dress, and he's there in his beautiful suit, and they make these vows together that they're going to be committed death unto par. They're committed to the end. We're in. But people still have affairs they still marriages still fall apart they still commit adultery you've heard it said do not commit adultery jesus says that is a problem uh, adultery is a problem do not commit it and there'll be some people who go at the time yeah jesus this is not for me there'll be some of you now going yeah this episode is not for me i'm not going to commit adultery i'm in a really good marriage or you know i'm not even in a relationship like how can i commit adultery i'm i'm committed to being single you know This is is not for me. But let's just keep going a little bit longer. You've said it said, do not commit adultery. That is, adultery is a problem. And do not do it. But Jesus says, now I say. So you've heard it said, do not commit commit adultery. Now I say, even if you look at another human being lustfully, you have committed adultery. You have committed adultery adultery. In other words, there's a problem that actually underlies the problem. It may well be that everything looks fine on the surface. It may look like the car is polished, the outside is clean, it looks beautiful. Yes, I've got myself a really great deal. This car is awesome, but actually what's underneath in the engine is messed up and this is what Jesus says you've heard it said do not commit adultery and i know some of you in the room you're all going that's not me now i say even if you look at another human being lustfully you've committed adultery friends lust is the actual problem lust is the actual problem and jesus knew lust is like a seed if a seed is sown if it is allowed to be watered it will grow and lust that grows will eventually become adultery. Jesus knew this. So he says, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery, but I am saying, let's go back to the bigger issue here. The bigger issue is lust. And Jesus does this now throughout the gospel, through the Sermon on the Mount. You're going to see this time and time again. You have heard it said, or you have been told. And then he says, but this is the actual problem. So he'll put it like this, you've heard it said, but now I say. And when he says, now I say, it's like he's saying, but this is the actual issue here, friends. So those of you that think you've got away, those of you that think this is not for you, you've got away with it. Those of you that are religious people that think you never technically broke the law. Jesus says, well, actually, I know what's the underlying issue. And even though you don't think you technically did, you did technically you think you didn't do this but you did so you've heard it said as this but now i'm actually telling you this is the problem you know just think about yourself for a moment how often do you think to yourself self-righteously hey it's not me there are horrible people out there they're doing horrible things and i'm not like them and Jesus says, well, technically you might not have broken that law, but actually there's a bigger issue underneath and you you probably did. It just looks more subtle to you. So then Jesus goes on to say, let's read again, you've heard it said, do you not know, commit adultery? Now I say, even if you look at another human being lustfully, then you've committed adultery. And then Jesus kind of unpacks this. Uh, about you know the consequences of how to deal with this stuff, and he says this: If your right eye causes you to stumble, in other words, if your if your right eye is looking lustfully, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than it is for the whole of your body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than the whole body to be thrown into hell the word there is Gehenna it's like the city dump it was the uh, the dump on the east side of the city of Jerusalem Gehenna it was a place where they would throw their waste and their filth and Jesus said it's better to cut something off than it is to allow yourself to be thrown into hell long term. What is Jesus doing here? What is he saying? Well, it's hyperbole. Let's just make this super clear. Jesus is given us something called hyperbole. He's expanding the idea so big, preposterous and comically that you're meant to see that he's using humour here to to kind of get your attention. But he's ultimately trying to get you to realise that we need to be ruthless with the things that are going on in our hearts. Jesus is trying to show us you've got to be ruthless. You've got to be ruthless. If your left hand gropes somebody, cut it off. Don't allow that hand to do that again. Because if you do, it's going to lead you to having an affair, committing adultery. If your left eye stares at somebody and you know it's uh, you're feeding on that lust by the way, you're looking at somebody, cut that eye out. Get rid of it. You know, we hear this and go, Jesus, I think you're a little bit over, but I mean, seriously, you are being a little bit OTT now, Jesus. Come on. Jesus, hands, if you chop it off, you do need your hands. Like what, you, what you're what doing, what Jesus is doing is using the hyperbole to get your attention. I hope he's got your attention because what he's wanting to do is... Talk to us about being ruthless with the things that are going on in your heart. If there is lust in your heart, in other words, get rid of it fast. Gouge it out. He's using the word gouge as a way of getting your attention. You could say it like this, and I'll say this slowly. It's like Jesus is saying, destroy what is going to destroy you destroy what is going to destroy you if you do not destroy that eye that keeps lustfully staring at that individual you will eventually get to having an affair having committing adultery if you don't get cut that hand off then what is going to happen one day it's gonna be grabbing hold of somebody you don't want it to grab hold of so chop it off destroy it before it destroys you destroy it before it destroys you friends you might want to write this write that down because that if, if we were to distill everything that Jesus is saying not only in the murder section the adultery the divorce and the oaths this whole section the underlying message is this destroy what is going to destroy you get rid of it before it get, gets rid of you. Um, Gouge it out, cut it off. So destroy what is going to destroy you. Cutting out anything that causes you to stumble or struggle is essentially what he's saying. You know, you can't dabble at dealing with things that affect the heart. You can't dabble at dealing with things that affect the heart. You can't tinker. You can't play around. You can't fiddle around the edges. If there's an underlying issue, if your heart is broken, if it's riddled with something that's going to destroy you, you can't tamper with that. You can't uh, dabble with that. You can't tweak that. You've just got to rip it out. The people that have taught me the most about this are my friends in recovery. Friends in recovery, my friends who are in recovery from any form of active addiction be it drug, alcohol, sex, gambling, porn, whatever it is they would say to you, uh, all the same, you you cannot be a clean alcoholic and have a glass of wine now and again. If you are an alcoholic, you can't dabble with these things, you can't dabble at dealing with these things. Well, I have six days off and one day on doesn't work like that. When something is ready to mess your life up, you cannot play with it and try to navigate it. You've just got to get rid of it. This is why in recovery meetings, they say you've just got to get alcohol out of your life. You've got to get drugs out of your life. You've got to get porn out of your life. These things have just got to be dealt with because if not, they will destroy you. Having confidence in yourself will always leave us saying yes to things that we really want to say no to. Thinking that I confidently can say, I will deal with this on my own. I can do this. Uh, I can dabble at dealing with this. I can tinker around and, and maybe kind of get rid of the problem of this thing in my life. But Jesus is like, no, you can't. Having confidence in yourself will always leave us saying yes to things that we really need to be saying no to. So, what's actually going on in our hearts? What is going on under the surface? If Jesus is saying, hey, the issue presents as this, but actually what's going on underneath is this. So, in the murder, what presents is do not murder, but do not take somebody else's life. But actually what's going on underneath is much, much deeper. This is about you assassinating people and their character in your daily life. There's something underneath. So, let's just look at two of the passages. Matthew 15 and 16. um, So Matthew 15 verse 16 says this. Are you so dull? You might translate that as stupid. Okay. Are you so dull? Stupid? Jesus asks them. Don't you see that whatever enters your mouth goes into your stomach and it will go out of your body. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come out of the heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, that's like character assassination, and slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. So what Jesus is saying here is be careful of what's inside of you. Be careful what's inside of you because what is inside of you will come out. If your heart is filled full of lust, you really need to realise that eventually that lust is going to leak out. It's going to make its way out and that will either be through you telling smutty jokes. It'll either be about you talking about somebody that you find attractive that you shouldn't necessarily if you're in a relationship uh, that lust will leak out in what you say to somebody. Uh, you know, the compliments that you give or the comments that you make, it will leak out. So Jesus is saying what's going on underneath is going to leak out of you and it's going to make a mess. Luke 6, 5, 45, sorry, Luke six forty-five. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of let me just share this with you i think i've shared this with you before i grew up in a era that revolutionized pornography pornography went from being a printed media magazines sold on the top shelf to floppy disks that were being passed around school with images on low resolution jpeg or yeah jpeg or gif images that were were stored on on floppy disks and then the internet came into the home and pornography went from being something that was actually quite difficult to get hold of and embarrassing to get hold of to something that was freely available like liquid from a tap and in my uh, teenage years, I, there was this issue in porn, you know, for, for many of us, male and female, pornography uh, was a problem. And I did a number of things to deal with this. I put on a little program on my computer that would send a message to a friend every time I watched something. Um, I would um, lock down my uh, laptop so you could access certain websites. But what's interesting is I realized that There are ways around all these things. You might have a little program on your computer that sends a message to somebody, there's a way around that. There's a way of doing a search that will find you something that won't come up. There's a way around. And I realized, although I looked like I was doing the right things, what was still going on was porn use was still being accessed. Something was still being accessed. And I realized that I needed to gouge it out, I realized it needed to be dealt with, it needed to be cut off, radically cut off, and the the place that needed cutting off was in the heart, it was something that inside of me needed cutting off, and I think that's one of the things that I learned through the, the, particularly this kind of teaching from Jesus, you have heard it said do not commit adultery, but now I say, even if you lustfully look at another woman, you are committing adultery, Uh, and then, you know, gouge it out, cut it off, throw it away, destroy what's going to destroy you, get rid of it from your life, that's what I had to do, I had to cut it off, I had to gouge it out, I had to deal with it at the heart, not on the laptop, because the laptop, I would always find ways around it. I had to deal with it at the source. I had to deal with it at the source. And that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus is saying right here. You know, you might say you're not committed adultery, but every time you get on the tube or on the bus, you're staring at that young woman or that young guy. And inside you're going, whoa, and it's feeding something. And Jesus is saying, technically, you're not breaking the law. You've not had an affair, but you are in the way that you look and the way that you stare in other words friends watch what you are putting into your body what you look at what you drink what you consume what you google what material you graze on if you read 50 shades of gray let's be honest is it going to bring you life or is it going to leave you lusting after something that is not right for you If you watch horror films, does it feed your imagination in an unhelpful way? There are lots of ways of feeding our hearts the wrong thing that will then spew over and spill over in unhelpful ways. You've heard it said, do not have greed. You've heard it said, do not overindulge. You've heard it said, do not gamble away. You've heard it said, do not be addicted to your mobile phone. You heard it say, do not be envious of your neighbor's 60-inch TV. You've heard it say, do not want what others have. Do not take what others have. Do not look at somebody lustfully. You've heard it said, do not murder. Yes, gossip is committing murder of somebody's character. You've heard it said, all of these things. But Jesus says murder, greed, gambling, adultery, theft all consequences of heart issues Jesus says they are a problem cut them out gouge them out get rid of them Jesus says who do you want to be do you want to be somebody who technically hasn't broken the law but actually has broken the law who do you want to be Friends, we have a society that's addicted to digital devices so much it's affecting interpersonal communication. We have a society that's addicted to sex, addicted to shopping, addicted to their appearance. And Jesus says, you have heard it said, dot, 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 gouge it out, get rid of it, cut it off. Be a healthy, well person. Be a healthy, well person person. When I hit 30, which is now quite a little time away uh, since, I should say, as I'm now well into my 40s. When I was 30, I was a youth worker and a young person came up to me and said, um, when are you going to get older, Chris? When are you going to grow up? When are you going to get a proper job? When are you going to... And it just totally flummoxed me, you know, kind of flummoxed me. And uh, they made a comment about... uh, how i looked and wearing old people's clothing really bothered me and i i realized that um you know every time you go into a clothes shop those models on the shelf they say to you this is what looking cool looks like this is what trendy looks like this is what somebody who's with it looks like in other words if you don't wear what's on those models then you are not in fashion you're not trendy you're not cool That did something to me that made me go, well, well, you know, I'm a youth worker. I want to wear this stuff. So, and I realised the the toxicity of that in my life. I realised the effect of that on my life, and I made this conscious decision when I was 30 years old that I would stop um, buying lots of clothes, and I would really streamline my clothing to gouge out all of the different fads and actually just go with. A thing like that is my thing and i'll buy seven of those and that's it i'm done so friends i have matching pairs of jeans uh for a long time they were all black jeans uh now they're all gray jeans uh, and i don't sort of wake up in the morning i don't think which jeans am i gonna wear today i just put on the cleanest pair of my gray jeans i've got a bunch of work shirts that um come in either gray or blue and uh I don't wake up and think what I'm going to put on. I wear a black T-shirt and I put on a work shirt. My little pockets on, either in grey or blue, either which the one is cleanest. And that's me. I'm done. And that that really is my clothing choice. I don't have huge sums of clothing. I have multiples of the same thing. And it was my way of gouging out something that actually was quite toxic. Uh, in my life that was communicating to me you're not you're not fashionable Chris if you're not what, wearing the, what's on the model I have not now worn what's on those models in such a long time I couldn't even tell you what was in fashion I just know that I'm not I'm doing my own thing I, and sometimes um, I find that I am in fashion uh, and it's totally by accident it's just that um, fashion's kind of come all the way back round and uh, you're in fashion for one day and it's gone again so Gouge out the things. Get rid of the things. Cut off the things that are actually going to destroy you. So back to lust for a moment. You may not, friends, have committed adultery. But if you are staring at somebody for more than three seconds, then actually what is going on is you have technically not broken the law but internally you have lustfully desired somebody uh we talk about the three second rule if you find yourself looking at somebody for more than three seconds then check out what you're doing why are you doing what you are doing the three second rule jesus says well you've not committed adultery but you are staring it's just as bad it's lust of the heart what does that look like for you i'm gonna leave it there friends i think i think i think yep but the question for us still remains what needs gouging out what needs cutting off what needs throwing away Where do you need to be ruthless with what's going on in your heart? And where do you need to destroy what is going to destroy you? What is that? So I just pray for us? God, would you cut off from our lives that which needs cutting off? Would you gouge out what needs to be gone? Would you prune back what needs to be pruned? Would you practice resurrection, God, in us and give us a new heart of flesh, a heart that's truly focused on you and you alone. And all the saints said, Amen. Friends, I hope you're I hope you're enjoying going through the Sermon on the Mount. I'd like some feedback from you to tell me what you think. Um, that'd be really, really cool. Anyway, next week, Wrestling Church. And then after that, we're going to be talking about Divorce. So until next time, have a great week and we shall catch up soon.